<laughs> Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. So good to see everybody. You guys look good. I should take a picture. Everybody's uh, dressed real nice. I appreciate that. So glad that you came to join us for our Christmas Eve Eve service. And we're really especially glad that you're not coming tomorrow night because we're not going to be here. But uh, tonight is nice that you're here. We appreciate you coming. It's always good to see everybody. This morning, this evening is going to be uh, just a little bit different in that um, this is going to be a very interactive uh, worship service uh, this evening. We're going to have some scripture reading. We're going to have lots of songs that we get to sing together, traditional Christmas songs. We have some Advent uh, videos that we're going to be playing uh, during the songs, and those have some good liturgy in them. There's some contemplations, um, some scripture reading, some prayers that you can read and just meditate. And so tonight, before we really kind of get started, we've got a special video, and this video is the real story of Christmas. And Joseph, and Joseph walked, walked away, away sadly, sadly, but then he said that the only place in, in here in Bethlehem that you can stay stay is stable, and then he just, just pointed the way they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angel said, a new baby getting away, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Some 
and I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably because the room was very smelling. Thank you, Tommy. He's adorable. He's gonna be your best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. I said it. And that's the real story of Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> well, I had to put that at the beginning of the night because we do want to uh, worship our great God and Savior tonight. Um, but I had to put that at the beginning so we could have a little bit of fun. We are going to move into uh, just a, a worship service tonight. And it's always great when we get to gather together and uh, talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do a lot of that tonight. We are going to be having, when we do the songs, just um, so you know, you're going to see all of the lyrics in English and Spanish. And some of the songs will be led in Spanish, and some of them will be led in English. But at all times, you're going to have the English and Spanish on the, on the um, screen behind me. And so Whatever you're comfortable singing, Spanish or English, you just belt it out, okay? And whoever sings the loudest gets first dib on the Christmas cookies after the service is done. Just kidding. Um, but no, go ahead and just sing uh, whatever you're comfortable with, and I just wanted to let you know that. Revelation 9.4 says, and they sang a, a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open it, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people. For God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And so we're, we're thankful that tonight we can have a Spanish and English service and we're going to get to worship our great God and Savior. I'm going to read a little prayer for us um, and, and we'll just start with this prayer and then I'm going to turn it over to our worship team and we will just go through the night and it'll be obvious to you as we go along how we're going to do this. But let me just pray for us. I'm just going to read this so my eyes will be open just to let you know. But I'm going to read this prayer for us. Shout for joy, the whole earth and everything within. Rejoice, for light has come into the world. The mountains sing, the seas resound to the praise of your name. Salvation once promised is here on earth. The angel's song rings in the air. A child has been born. Hallelujah. The Savior of the world is here. Creative God, breath of all life, through whom all things were created and are sustained. All sons and daughters, flocks and herds, all birds of the air and fish of the sea, you walked this earth as child and creator. You touched the soil, quenched your thirst, embraced this world, brought life and light, love and laughter into dark and death-filled lives. Creative God, breath of all life, through whom all things are created and sustained, we bring to you our sacrifice of a contrite and willing heart. Loving Father, help us remember the birth of Jesus, that we may share in the song of the angels, the gladness of the shepherds, and worship of the wise men. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's stand and let's... Uh... Sing to our Lord Jesus.
amarnos uno al otro solemos su evangelio de Dios Él nos dijo Isaiah 9, 2, 
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
Luke 1, 26, my bad. Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swallowing cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Oh, 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 oh,
Luke 2, 8 through 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them.
Matthew 2, 1-12 Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. 
They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall become a ruler who will shepherd people of Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Good evening, everyone. That was pathetic. Good evening, everyone. Much better. This is a holiday, right? You should be filled with joy and happiness. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I'm Pastor Chris, and my job at the Christmas Eve service is to uh, take a part of the Christmas story and kind of embellish it a little bit for uh, the kids. And so, if you have children somewhere between four years old and maybe fourth grade or fifth grade, if they'd like to come down and join me up here on the platform, uh, we'd love to have them here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about part of the Christmas story. So, uh, kids, if you're four, five years old, six, seven, eight, nine years old, please come on down and just sit at my feet. And I will... uh, share with you. Hi, girls. Thanks for joining us. Here come a few others. Very good. Welcome, guys. You guys can have a sit if you'd like. It's going to... Hello there. How are you? Are you guys excited? Christmas is just around the corner, right? Let's see. This is the 23rd. This is Christmas Eve Eve. And of course, uh, Christmas Eve is tomorrow night. And then what's the next day after Christmas Eve? Thank you very much. Somebody knows out there. Christmas Day, where we celebrate the birthday of the Lord Jesus. So let me tell you a little interesting thing about the Christmas story. Um, Sometimes God will bring unexpected things. That means things that kind of catch us off guard or things that kind of surprise us in our lives. Now, if you guys look at me, look at this black thing on my right side. And I want to tell you that that was an unexpected thing that God brought into my life. And this is called an immobilizer. And what happened was, one day at my house, I walked into the sliding glass door, knowing it was closed. And um, I, uh, I tore my rotator cuff. And so I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I can fix that. And so I had surgery about five weeks ago, and now I have to wear this for several weeks. I'm almost finished wearing it, but this was an unexpected thing. This caught me off guard. This was a big surprise to me. And uh, sometimes when unexpected things happen, you have to stop and you have to ask yourself, what does the Lord want me to learn from this? What is he trying to teach me? And there's, I suppose, a lot of lessons for me. But in the Christmas story, 
there was something very unexpected that happened uh, with Joseph and Mary, okay? And we looked at it just a little while ago when we read from Luke chapter 2, and this is what happened. So at the time, there was like a president. He, he was called the Caesar, okay? And he was like the president of this big empire called the Roman Empire, and he wanted to figure out how much money he would have to run his government So he did this thing called a census. And what that is, they count heads. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And then they get your names, and then they figure out how much money you pay Caesar, and then Caesar can run his government. So he decided he needed to take a census. And this was the unexpected thing for Mary and Joseph. Because Mary and Joseph lived way up north in Israel. Anybody here know what town Mary and Joseph lived in? What town? Not Bethlehem, but we're going to get there eventually. It starts with an N, and it sounds like Nazareth. (laughs) He was disappointed. He had it. He had it. I'm sorry. So uh, Nazareth, Nazareth, and they lived way up north. Bethlehem was where they had to go. And they had to go there because they were descendants of David. And that was their hometown. And it's 90 miles from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And they had to take probably four to seven days to get there. And the deal was Mary was nine months pregnant. And you know what happens usually at nine months? The baby is born. So they have to walk 90 miles through very treacherous terrain. It's very dangerous. There's a bunch of bad guys out there who want to rob them. And uh, it was like high desert. So it was rough and it was rocky. There were no paved roads. And they're going to have to take four, five, six, seven days to walk all the way down. Now you say, walk, I think they had a donkey. See, there's a picture right there. Well, we don't know that they had a donkey. We don't know that they had a cart. Most of us believe they were so poor that they didn't have money for a donkey or a cart. Now, the reason we know they were poor in one sense is because when they took Jesus to the temple to dedicate him after he was born, they brought a couple of turtle doves, a couple of pigeons instead of a lamb, because that's what poor people would bring when they would offer up a sacrifice. So that's why we believe Mary and Joseph, they didn't have a lot of money. So they probably walked the whole distance. But the good thing was, Mary was a teenager. She was probably 15 years old or thereabouts. And Joseph would have been maybe in his 20s, maybe a little older than that. So they were young. And when you're young, you can walk 90 miles in six or seven days. Right? (laughs) No, you can't. But they could because in that day, People walked everywhere. They didn't have buses. They didn't have trains. They didn't have Uber. They didn't have Lyft. They just walked. So Mary and Joseph, being young, they could make that trip. Now, the big question is, why did they have to go all the way down to Bethlehem? Well, because there was a prophet. His name was Micah. Anybody named Micah up here? Okay, his name was Micah. And in Micah 5.2, he, 700 years... That's almost a 1,000. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, he predicted that Jesus would be born in 
the town of Bethlehem. But you know what? He even called it Bethlehem Ephrathah because there were two Bethlehems in Israel. One was way up north and one was way down south. So the prophet narrowed it down to this very specific little town of 300 people. Today it's about 28,000 people, but back then it was only about 300 people. And the most famous thing about Bethlehem, does anybody know who was born in Bethlehem beside Jesus? Beside Jesus, anybody know whose hometown that was? Well, that's a good guess, but it's not right. Anybody have an idea? Have you guys ever heard of King David? He's the greatest king of all Israel. Sometimes Bethlehem was called the city of David. Here's a curious thing about Mary and Joseph. They were descendants of King David. And that little baby, Jesus, that was in Mary's tummy, he was the real king of Israel. There was a fake king in Israel at that time. His name was Herod. He was a bad guy. But the real king was in her tummy, and they had to go down to Bethlehem because that's where their ancestral home was. That's, that was their hometown. So the unexpected thing was they have to leave Nazareth, go 90 miles through very hard terrain, and they have to walk. But the reason they had to do it was so that he could be born in Bethlehem because the prophet said the Messiah, the promised king of Israel, would be born in Bethlehem. And guess what? They got there just in the nick of time, right? Because when they arrived in Bethlehem, what happened? He was born. He was born. And the prophecy came to pass. Now, here's the deal about prophecies concerning Jesus. There were hundreds of them. Every one of them came to pass. Every one one of them became true, including this one, because they were indicators that he was the real Messiah. He was the real chosen one. He was the real set-apart one or the anointed one. He was the real Savior. As a matter of fact, we read the account of the shepherds just a second ago. And remember what the angel said to the shepherds? This day in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born for you, Christ the Lord. A Savior is a rescuer. A Savior is a deliverer. A Savior, if I could use a word you guys will understand, is a hero. Jesus was a hero. And by the way, he's the only hero that ever died for the bad guys. Because all of us are the bad guys, Jesus came to be the hero to deliver us from the presence and power and punishment of sin. And he was born in Bethlehem because it was one of the indicators to all the Jewish people that this is the real guy. This is the real Messiah because he was born in Bethlehem. And that's just one prophecy. There were hundreds of prophecies, and they were kind of like fingerprints. If you guys look at the tips of your fingers, you will notice if you hold them just right Your finger has a print on it, and here's the cool thing about your fingerprints. Yours are different than mine, and mine are different than yours. Everybody has a unique print that distinguishes us from everybody else. You know what these prophecies were? They were like fingerprints. They distinguished Jesus apart from any other person. He was the real Messiah. He was the real Savior. He was the real Lord. And all because of that very unexpected thing. 
You guys have to leave your home in Nazareth and go 90 miles down to Bethlehem for one reason, to fulfill a prophecy that Jesus would be born there in that city. So there is an unexpected thing about the Christmas story. They had to go a long way just so baby Jesus could be born in Bethlehem. All right. You guys have been outstanding. And when you leave, I hope somebody gives you something. I, I don't know if they have anything, but you ask them for it. I think they, I think they do. I think they're going to give you $5 or something. Uh, no, that's not true. Don't hold me to that. Mike is panicking over here. No, 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 no. We just have candy canes. Okay, you guys have been outstanding. How about, how about if we sing happy birthday to Jesus? Can we do that? Can you guys do that? All right, let's do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Hey, give these guys a hand. They were outstanding tonight. Thank you, guys. You can go back to mom and dad. Thanks for coming up. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> you got a little bit of the ham in them, I think. just a little bit. We're going to close our service tonight, and we're going to sing together Silent Night. You've got your little tea lights, battery-powered tea lights, and when we sing Silent Night, or you can turn them on now if you want, but when we sing Silent Night, we're going to light these and, and sing that together. Before we do that, I just want to uh, talk to you just for a minute. You know, this service has been uh, very sweet, and we've talked about our Savior Jesus Christ but the reality is that too many people leave Jesus in the manger. 
and they don't understand or at least don't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, that Jesus was involved in creation, that Jesus deserves all worship and all glory. And really, when it comes to uh, a service like this or, or Christmas time, when people are talking about Jesus and what he has done, it really comes down to what are you going to do with Jesus? See, Jesus didn't stay in the manger, did he? He lived a perfect, sinless life on our behalf because we can't do that. He died on a cruel cross, taking the punishment for our sin because we deserve death. And then he rose from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He lives forever and he reigns forever, not as a baby, but as king of kings and lord of lords. And he deserves our worship and he demands our worship. And so the question is, will you choose to be a follower of Jesus? Will you choose to be a worshiper of Jesus? And the times, times are hard. Um, times are dark. Times are difficult. Uh, I don't know what you're going through. You may, life may be just cruising along for you. And so maybe life is good, and maybe because of that, you don't necessarily think about eternity. Or maybe life is really hard for you this Christmas. Maybe there's been death in the family. Maybe there's been uh, sickness or illness. Maybe job situations. Or maybe just a general uh, um, feeling of loneliness in this world. I, I don't know what it is, and I'm not trying to be a downer, but we have to think about these things because life is hard. But see, the, the story of Jesus is the story of love and joy and peace and hope. Jesus gives hope in a dark world. There's a poem that was written it was by uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He was filled with sorrow at the tragic death of his wife in a fire in 1861. And then the Civil War broke out the same year. And it seemed this was an additional punishment in his mind. Well, two years later, Longfellow was again saddened to learn that his own son had been seriously wounded in the Army of the Potomac, sitting down to his desk one Christmas day. He heard the church bells ringing in the distance. And it was in this setting that Longfellow pinned these words <clears throat> that are very familiar to you. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom, had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublimed of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong. And it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I think some of us may feel that way at times. Then pealed the bells 
more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. I just want to encourage you tonight. If you're sitting in here and you are a worshiper of Jesus and you've enjoyed all of this and you've resonated with the scripture reading and the prayers and the contemplations and you, and you had a joyous night, praise God. If you're sitting in here and you're fighting your selfishness or you're fighting your doubt or you're fighting your fear or you're just fighting to, to not give up your, your freedom, You want to live your life the way you want to live it. I beg you tonight, make this the time where you worship Jesus for who he is, King of kings and Lord of lords who paid the penalty for your sin. He loves you. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages for that sin is death. But then Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. That's love. Amen. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Belief. Belief in Jesus, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. Place your faith in him, realizing what he's done for you on the cross. Say something like this to God. Pray a prayer and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that there's nothing I can do to merit your favor. I know that you are holy and I am not. I know that I deserve eternal punishment. But I'm placing my faith in Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life in my place, Righteous life in my place, who died on the cross for my sins, rose again, and is seated at the right hand of God. And the Bible says if you acknowledge that and pray that, you are in the family of God forever. Nothing can snatch you out of that. And you can be a worshiper of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to share just one verse with you, and then we'll, we'll close this up. Titus two eleven through 14 says this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. You see, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about him receiving all glory. Tonight, would you take a moment to pray to God and worship him and choose to glorify God? It's right that we do. And so I, I I would pray and ask that you would do that. Well, we want to conclude our service with singing that great and familiar Christmas carol, Silent Night. And we're just going to do it a cappella. So if you want to turn on those little tea lights, you, you may. And we'll sing Silent Night together. And that will be the conclusion of our service.
And I'm supposed to start you in that, but I'm just going to let you sing. So we'll do it like this. Silent night. Let's just sing that first verse again. Silent night, holy night. All is God, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you for the gift of your son. We pray this in your name. Amen. From Santa Rosa Bible Church uh, to you, Merry Christmas, and we love you.